Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a Sunday special edition of A Vision for You Big Book Study. Today is Sunday, July 29, 2018, and my name is Melanie C., a recovered compulsive overeater from Oregon. The share ID numbers for Friday, July 27, 2018, are the following. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study, share ID 11707. 11,707. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study Meeting, share ID is 11708. 11,708. This morning, A Vision for You presents The Bond Between Step 12 and Step 1, A Personal Story. Let's just read that. Step 12. little flipped here. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. So we come to find at some point in our lives that something has to give one way or the other. This eating thing, this food obsession thing, these relationship fiascos, life not going our way, the relentless agitation, loneliness, and despairs, it's got to give. Somehow we find ourselves at the doorstep of a 12-step meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, desperately seeking answers, full well knowing that we wouldn't be here except that there was nowhere else to go. Tried the others. Soon we find just across the myriad of thresholds over all mediums nowadays, laughter, warmth, bright shining faces of hope and promise. A real second chance for any and all in any language or country a solution and here it all begins we soon learn what is to be entire abstinence we find that our brains are clearing up after a couple of days our, and our sponsor sets a course to now get very familiar with what this disease looks like feels like acts like and arms us with a solution that truly works we immediately get to work by working all 12 steps as a treatment for this disease Finishing up step 12, we are now ready to carry this message given to me to a suffering compulsive overeater. Today, our guest speaker, a recovered compulsive overeater, having worked all 12 steps through, is going to describe for you, using the forward to the fourth edition, how deeper and more connected that bond between step 1 and step 12 have been truly for her as she continues to sponsor being driven by her own miracle of recovery to pass on to another sufferer the same hope and possibility step 1 is the admission of powerlessness but there is no such no there is such excuse me here there is so much more to be done here we do not accept that we have no responsibility just because we are powerless our speaker today is an extraordinary is extraordinarily taken to spreading the great good news to other countries in, a, in another language, intensely and passionately seeing the need for these fellows, that there would be no barrier for we all suffer from the same disease. She will be describing for us how sponsoring Step 12 has brought her to a deeper understanding and commitment to Step 1, helping the still-suffering compulsive overeater. There is a bond, a true bond between the two. Let's sit back and listen to how she weaves this tapestry of new life. Marcella M. from Massachusetts is a member of A Vision for You and is dedicated to serving the Spanish-speaking communities in America and outside of America by whatever means is affordably possible for her to do, and there are many. We are very excited 
to have her with us this morning. Please help me welcome Marcella M. to the line. Good morning, Marcella. Good morning, Melanie. Can you hear me well? I can hear you well. Awesome. So looking forward. Mm-hmm. My name is Marcella M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, I'm very grateful to be recovered, very grateful to be here in my home group, a vision for you. I have a sponsor in this group. Her name is Paula D. Paula D has a sponsor. I have many sponsees, and my sponsees have sponsees. And I feel very safe and protected right in the middle between the chain of my, my sponsor and the sponsor of my sponsor and my sponsees and the sponsees of my sponsees. And um, so every time that I'm granted the gift of sharing here in this line in English, um, as soon as Leah says, are you available? I say yes. And then I start praying. I start praying um, for the higher power of my ancestors, my ancestors being Bill and Bob, um, to guide me to somebody that I can help. So 13 months ago, I was invited and I started praying for somebody that I still didn't know. Yeah, but with total faith that God will um, take me to help somebody. And um, at the end of the presentation, I got a call and we connected, we started working together, and I said, well, I mean, this is it, right? This is the person that I have been praying for for a month. And then as we started talking, I said, are you, like, I, like I'm not sure. We couldn't be more different. Like, for starters, I'm a girl, he's a guy. And, and for seconds, he um, he's like a yard taller than me, and he likes sports. And and I'm not. I'm, I'm like I'm way shorter. He speaks English as a first language, and I have an accent. And and the, the scariest part of all, he has 20 years of sobriety with a book in the hand. I mean, he knows his big book in AA, and he has 20 years sobriety. How can a little short brown mouse Mexican immigrant can do for these tall, powerful? white guy we have zero in common zero i we don't have the same religion i wouldn't be surprised if we don't belong to the same political party he loves sports he's tall and white and i'm not those things we don't share the same socioeconomic bracket and and we just like like i was asking god are you sure anyway so we started reading the big book he's very disciplined started reading the book day by day all I said was, I'm going, this is what I'm going to do. This is my plan of action. I'm going to stay abstinent. I'm going to pray for this sponsee of mine. By now, he's my sponsee. His name is Pete. And um, I'm going to pray for him. And I'm going just to read the big book. And, and I'm going to listen because he has AA. He, he's, he's the original version. He knows. Anyway, can you believe that the magic happens? And um, I'm still shaking. I'm still shaking from last um, from last week when we celebrated our anniversary and um, he opened the door for it. He was like the first one who shared and, and I said, I can't believe it's obviously not me. Whatever you have now, whatever my sponsor has now, uh, you can't count on it. It was not me, the one who gave it to him. It was certainly not me. It was a higher power, something way bigger, way more powerful, way more abundant than the two of us together. Even that the whole visionaries in English together, that's 
this is not normal. This shouldn't happen. Anyway, so we got together. I saw him live in um, in our last most recent convention, and we were just like we were just laughing. We were just like we were giggling like silly people. And anyway, I think that we're going to see we're going to get together again in November. Um, to we're going to uh, try to spread the message to the people of Newton, Massachusetts, and and. I guess that we have a lot to do together because because the higher power who is the legitimate owner of all recovery um, took mercy on us and and the only thing that we we need to have in common is um, this horrible disease composed overeating, the big book and just a little bit of goodwill. So um, Leah asked me if I was available today. I I canceled three things that I had already. I said, sure. How can you possibly say no? And uh, and I started praying for somebody that I still have to meet, and I'm praying to God right now. Please send me to somebody that I can help. Um, I thought of something that I have never done before, but I say, why in the world does it have to be so far away from me, right? I bet that there are some compulsive overeaters here in Boston that live within walk driving distance, and maybe we can get together once a week. So I'm in the boathouse in Boston, Jamaica Plain in the Jamaica pond. Um, I'll leave my phone number now so that it's recorded and, and that people that listen to the recording can call me. My, I live in Boston, Eastern Standard Time. My phone number is 617-501-6275. And if you speak broken English and you're in, some, you're in somewhere in the United States of America or in some other country, I'm fluent in Spanish and this you'll understand. 617-501-6275, llámame o mándame un texto. I'm thrilled to hear Larry saying his pages in Spanish. He says, we're on page 87 and can't wait for Larry to learn a little more Spanish. I would love, if Larry, if you're studying your big book or anybody of you want to learn Spanish and you want, you know how you learn Spanish? Study the big book in Spanish. I did it once with with one of my uh, members in AA. She was a teacher. She's a teacher here in, in Boston, a high school teacher, and she has a huge Spanish-speaking population, and she needed to learn um, Spanish. So we read, we tackled the book in Spanish, day and night, day and night, like for a year. Her English improved a lot. <laughs> I mean, her Spanish improved a lot because we understand the language of the big book, right, if you're an addict. So I've been praying for you. Um, if you're listening to me, I would love to meet you face to face. We can get together once a week before this meeting at seven o'clock here in the Jamaica Pond. We can take a walk. We can tackle the big book, and then maybe we can listen to the that meeting together. And if you're nowhere near me and you still need help and you think that I can help you, I'm here to help you. So the bond of um, the bond between you know that the growth like the the row between 12 and 1. Um, I'm going to steal the line of my sponsor, Pete. Um, he says, how long did it take to do the whole steps? Well, frankly, it takes the rest of your life. But he said it beautifully, and I'm going to quote him. He says, how long does it take to successfully incorporate the 12 steps in your life? Because how many times am I going to take step one? Every single time that I sponsor somebody. So if you picture the face of a clock 
in which number 12 is both noon and midnight, right? And then you go to the right one, two, three, four, five, six. And six o'clock is either six o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the afternoon and so forth. Um, when I reached step 12, right, I'm in the sunlight of the spirit. It is my noon. The sun is high. I'm awake. I'm, I'm, I'm active. I'm, I'm good. And uh, when I take the hand of my sponsee, that's their, their midnight. They're in total darkness. They don't know if they should stay awake or go to sleep. Uh, they're confused. They can't see. They're blind. So he asks me for help or she asks me for help. We hold hands and together we take step one. And then we begin our journey together. And so we take step one and then we keep breathing and then we hit page 47 and we got step two. And then together we adopt a position of reverence and faith. Um, whatever that means to us at that moment. And, um, and we um, read the prayer of, of the third step on page 63. And then together we embark on a personal inventory. And, and I'm doing it with them. I'm working all the steps with them. So how many times do I review my food plan? Every single time that I start the process with, with a sponsee, I look at my, my food plan and, you know, my plan of action and, and, and I do it again. So while sponsoring Pete, you know, uh, he's so good. I mean, he's so disciplined. And I, but we st I started feeling anxious because he goes to a lot of football games and, and he travels a lot, a lot, a lot. And I say, how am I going to help this man? So I look at my own schedule and say, how am I doing it? Oh, because, you know, I live in the city. I love the city. I don't travel. Well, I didn't used to travel. Now I travel a lot. But I don't. I didn't travel at the time, and I had like a very specific schedule that um, that keeps me because I was a school teacher uh, 13 months ago. So you know, I, I have to wake up a certain hour in the morning, say my prayers, my meditation. Then then I I eat breakfast before leaving to. Then I eat lunch with the kids, and then and so forth. So so I said you. I I said you need you need that. You need like ingredients is not enough ingredients okay we have the ingredients but now tell me exactly what time are you going to eat and tell me exactly where are you going to eat and tell me exactly where's your spoon and where's your fork because he's on the, he's on the road a lot he's he drives a lot and he's on the airports and he's on so so we did that and he started um uh, giving me his his plan um, um, by then we were on, um, on awakening. We contemplated 24 hours ahead. So I said, well, if we're doing that, right? Contemplate 24 hours away. Where's your food? Where are your ingredients? Where, where's your, your fork and your spoon? Where's your water bottle? Where's your, um, where are you going to eat it? In the, in the car? Are you going to stop? Or w tell me what time, in which state, in which city, and then the social context. Is it going to be with your coworker, with your boss? Is it going to be with your wife, your children, at the ball game? Where is it going to be? So he started doing that. He keeps doing that. It helps me so much when I'm out of routine. It just grounds me so much. Okay, Pete, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm in Boston. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. He already knows where is his food. Where is, what's his schedule, what, where, where is the whole entire thing. And then immediately after I say, okay, where's mine? See, 
and I'm the sponsor, and he's the sponsor. So he's changed my life for the better. So I started traveling. I I used to be the person that never travels anywhere, but now I started traveling. The first time that I went to the airport facing, you know, a slight um, change of time because I was uh, traveling east, um, two hours ahead. So where's my where's my breakfast? Where am I going to eat? I'm going to eat at the airport. Where where's my food? And then um, um, lately, I've been going to other countries, and that's tricky because you go to the airport, and then they don't let you um, carry your lunchbox to another. So you cannot enter a new country with a salad or food or nothing. So so that's been tricky. So I have to do more planning on the other side of the country because I have to connect with somebody who understands my condition and say, pick me up at the airport and please bring <laughs> Um, two cups of, um, of of raw vegetables and whatever I eat, right, or whatever I need to eat, and that has worked for me. Anyway, so so that's that. Um, my first encounter uh, with the big book was in the other fellowship in um, in AA, and my story. I wish I had two bodies: one 100% just compulsive overeater and nothing else. And another body to be just like a plain, honest to God, alcoholic and nothing else. And yet a third body to be an opiate addict and not mention food and alcohol. But I just have one body and 24 hours a day. So my story and my encounter with the people goes back and forth, back and forth, because because I just have one body. So... So my very first encounter with a big book as a sponsor was with a high school um, English professor. His name is Chris, and I had permission to say his first name. And I met him, and but you know you don't know me very well, but I'm super lazy. I'm very lazy, and I said, um, "Listen, Chris." So he asked me for help, and I said, "Okay, whatever." So he said, "So I said, listen, Chris, I'm Mexican. English is not my first language. You're an English professor. I'll sit here." You get the big book. You explain it to me, paragraph by paragraph. He's an English professor. <clears throat> He's very smart and very studious. So he took it and and he started explaining to me all the English words and the colloquial usage of the words, how the word selfish was used in 1940. Um, he explained to me the Pride and Prejudice um, theater play that was popular. <laughs> Because his English is perfect, he explained to me all the you know the the phrases and the and the the, the usage, the slang, the 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 the, 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 the how do you say that the, the I don't know how you say that in English, but you know what I mean, like the daily usage, non-grammatical, intellectual, academic use of English that you can only understand if you were born in this country and and you're familiar with. And English is your first language. So so we hit page 164, and he thinks I'm his sponsor. And I did nothing. I just showed up with my big book. That's it. That's all I did. So now he's over and recovered. And, and I said, well, now we need to find another one. The next one um, that we found that same day when we hit 164, we found the next one. And the next one is not an alcoholic. He's just a crystal meth addict. And, and 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 that's it. And I am a compulsive overeater, an opiate addict, and an alcoholic. And these gays, these guys are gay guys, and I'm a, a straight woman. Well, I'm I'm like a woman. I'm just like a person. And um, so 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 here we are. And to our endless surprise, 
um, Chris and I started helping these kids, and and this kid gets clean, and he gets clean with one of those, you know, like like powerful, like white light kind of like one second you're completely obsessed, and the next second you're completely clean and you and the obsession has been removed, and I was like, whoa, what is this? We don't even share ingredients and. And he's clean and sober. And let me tell you the truth. I got a horrible jealousy and envy attack. And I told my sponsee, Steve, Steve, this is totally unfair. You are, are talking to my higher power that I gave to you. And now you're completely clean from crystal meth. And I'm still big. I'm still fat. And I'm not using my, um, I'm not using my, to the best of my ability, my um, my alcoholic ingredients when it comes to food, but I'm still carrying this extra weight. I'm very upset, and and I ask him, do you think that your higher power that has your crystal meth is interested in these like 45 pounds that I'm still carrying around? And Steve said with a very straight face, and he was just 16 days clean. He said, I have no idea, but let's read the big book from the very beginning. And then he ex he read the big book from the very beginning, and he explained to me, line by line, the effect that quantities of food have on me. And he said, your quantity of food is your crystal meth. And then I was able to literally understand that I'm no different than a junkie drug addict, crystal meth addict. I'm no different. I was using volume of food that I thought was abstinent, volume and frequency to um to alter my 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 mental state. And um around that period I took what I hope is my very last binge. I thought I was abstinent because I ate four pounds of raw broccoli. And I said, just don't bother me. It's not sugar and it's not flour, so don't bother me. Uh, raw broccoli with nothing is is abstinent. Well, it was not abstinent, and I learned the very hard way because at, a week after that binge, I took a, a binge with um, sugar and flour, and that was February the 22nd of 2011. By then, I've, I already have heard about a vision for you, but you know, I was still not ready. I got my beautiful sponsor, Paula D. And Paula D will, you know, line by line, word by word, would explain to me, would read the big book to me at night at 7.15 for like 15 to 20 minutes every day. And in the morning, Steve would explain the big book from a crystal meth addict point of view. And that did the trick. I've been abstinent ever since um, I went, um, from my top weight has been 211 pounds. My lowest weight has been 78 pounds with anorexia. And now I've been in size four, 125 pounds, you know, a pound here and there, but no more than that. And I'm not hungry. Uh, my mind is calm, my body's serene, and I'm recovered. So then I just got greedy because I love the combination of uh, Paula on the phone and Steve face to face. I got really greedy. 
And I started saying, <clears throat> I started calling visionaries. Do you live in Boston? Let's start a meeting. Let's start a meeting face to face. I tried three times. We tried three times and we failed three times. Three times I was left alone with, you know, a room in some church basement and paying the rent by myself. And I said, I guess it's not going to happen right now. So I said, okay, so let's do something else. So I got the people in AA that I have sponsored and say, let's open a, a big book meeting, but with this format, with the format of a vision for you. So you see how um, the sponsor who was AA sponsored a vision for you, and now a vision for you, the format of a vision for you went to AA. Now we have a vision for you format, AA meeting in all south church monday wednesdays and fridays and and we do what you guys do but in aa and um and i speak about food there because alcohol is not a liquid in some bottle alcohol is some ingredient to which i am allergic and 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 drives me crazy so alcohol can be crystal meth can be shopping can be sex can be chocolate cake can be it's the, it's the effect and the horrible, tragic consequence that is disconnecting uh, me from my own body, me from my loved ones, me from my community, me from God and from you. So, so that's what we do. So, so I still was, you know, missing the face-to-face -face, uh, visionary part. So I asked for help to the recovered alcoholics, and I said, "Will you please, please, please um, help us?" And, and I'm going to do this. And so I invited seven, seven visionaries from a vision for you showed up in the old house church with seven recovered alcoholics um, in late uh, 2013. And we work all day long on a Saturday, all day long. And we went through the book, you know, selected paragraphs. We went through the whole entire book. It was such a hit that uh, we started doing it every three months, but now just always, oh just a vision for you. And and we did uh, workshops like every three months, every three months, every three months. And it was, it was beautiful and it was wonderful and it was exciting. And I got to have one five to six hour, <clears throat> it was six hours, one six hour face-to-face -face meeting every three months with a vision for you people and, and a lot of people that came to us for help. So the word spread, and I started being invited to um, other cities, right? And I went to some cities, and I just want to tell you something that happened to me in Texas. I was invited to Dallas, Texas, to lead a, a weekend, a big book study weekend. And so I packed my big, big, big books, you know, those large print big books, with all my notes, all highlighted, with all these funny stories here that I've heard here in a vision for you and on my personal history and everything. And and I put it in a little suitcase and and the suitcase was lost in Texas. And and now um, I'm in Dallas, Texas. I don't have fresh underwear. I don't have my makeup. I don't have my big, big book with all my underlying and my format and my, my sketch and everything that I was going to say. And I'm standing in front of 60, English-speaking people only, who um, have their big book highlighted with little notes and everything. And I'm standing there with a washed face and my frizzy hair and, and borrowed clothing <laughs> that was different. And, and, and I'm there and I talked to my God and I said, 
you'd better show up now because I have no idea what I'm doing. And that experience changed my approach to to the big book again because what do I know? My very first, my favorite phrase is when we read in 164, we are aware, we're, we're aware that we know just a little bit and more will be revealed. So the way that we worked that, that dreadful weekend was, um, I don't know, where is it written this and that? And what is this page when it's written? Somebody remember this and that? And it was super interactive and everybody participated. And it was awesome, awesome. And nobody complained. And at the end, somebody gave me a little purple suitcase <laughs> that I'm now I carry wherever I'm invited to somewhere. I want to stop here because um, the other day when I shared this story in, in, in a group, people said, well, of course I will do that if I had the money to travel all over the world and if I didn't have anything else to do. And so I just want to stop that. I know that I'm living in the fourth dimension of the spirit because there is no way that a Mexican immigrant that lives in a basement condo in Dorchester, in Upham's Corner, with a full-time job and a part-time job to make ends meet, that is attending grad school uh, right now. And there's no way that somebody like me can have the time to sponsor people in English and Spanish and make ends meet. There's no way. I don't, I, don't ask me how I'm doing it. I don't know. I guess that it's all the time and energy and money, the zeal that says Dr. in Dr. Bob's um, nightmare. If you, if you invest, have the feel, have the feel of the energy that we have invested in trying to control this monster, then I guess that's it, right? I, I even have time to watch TV. I, you know, I did, I, I'm watching series, Netflix series with my husband. I take walks in the park. I go to the gym, not every day, but sometimes. And I sponsor people in English and Spanish. And if they invite me to go to places, I go. I, I have no idea how I'm doing it, but it's happening. So, so it is happening to me because I think I'm living in the, in the, in the sunlight of the spirit with borrowed grace that I take from you every morning. So there's that. So in 2014, a woman from Spain chased me. She stalked me. She just stalked me. She heard, you know, my accent in the vision for you. Her English is very limited. And, and she started calling me, emailing me, texting me. And she said, you have to help me. You have to help me in her very strong, you know, Spanish from Spain accent. And I didn't know where to hide. So I just said, this is not going to work. You're too far away. There's the time difference. I just, I don't think I can do it. This woman was pregnant with her second child. And um, so I said, just to be difficult, I said, okay, I have one spot at 930 uh, at night, which in my time. So that, that was her 2 o'clock in the morning, 2.30 in the morning, pregnant with her second child. Can you believe that the woman set her alarm clock to call me at that time? When it happened, I just felt this woman is going to recover with her own higher power that lives in Spain, and I better say yes with all my might. So that changed my attitude. I accommodated to her schedule, and I started trying to find Spanish speakers to support her. So I found a couple, you know, like I think it was five at that time. And I started a little WhatsApp chain, and then I learned that there were other people trying to do the same. 
So we joined Strength and Hope and Recovery and Experience. And I thought it was going to be like eight people, right? Like eight people um, following a vision for you, following mimicking a vision for you. And we call ourselves Una Visión Para Ti. And we started, we translated the, you know, the preamble and the format and everything that you guys say. We translated into Spanish and we started formally Una Visión Para Ti in Español. And we thought that it was going to be 10, 12 people. Well, this morning, to my endless surprise and shock, we are 378 people. And, and we have, um, I know that I have one person in Jerusalem who speaks Spanish, a Mexican Jew who speaks in Spanish. Um, we have a woman in Norway who emigrated. I think that she's studying there. We have people in Europe. We have people in Spain, a lot of people in Spain. We have people in Venezuela, Argentina, Mexico, wherever. And we have a lot of people here in um, the United States of America, people that, that speak Spanish. And um, to my endless surprise, people are recovering. People are recovering. Like, it's just unbelievable. So we follow you guys. <clears throat> but we are uh, what we were a WhatsApp chain. So it's saturated. We hit 250 people, and that's the limit in WhatsApp. So we had to move to a much larger app. <clears throat> It's called Telegram, so we use that. We have a space for 3,000 people, so I think that we're going to be good for a little while there. And and it's a virtual meeting, so it's not a phone meeting. We can't do phone because we're too many countries and the rates, and it's just too complicated and expensive. Overall expensive, we just can't do that. So so we do the, the free app, and, and, and people record their shares, and then you listen to them, whatever, whatever you, whenever whenever it's convenient to you. And depending if you're in Europe or, or in America, right? So last week, Harlan said, I love Harlan so much. Uh, Harlan said, the sunshine will never set on, you know, on, on the light and the bright light that a vision for you is bringing to the world. And and I said, well, that's something different that, that we have in Spanish. Because in Spanish, um, because of the change of, of schedule of hours, um, the the people in Spain start sharing around um, when we're sleeping. When we when when we are in America are sleeping, they're sharing already. And then when we go to sleep, they're awake. So so you know what I'm trying to say. Like it's 24 hours, 24 hours, seven days a week. The other thing that we are different is that we 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 wanted to be identical to you to the obsession. So at the beginning we said, how are we going to keep the Saturday well? Saturday here is not Saturday there, so so we were 24/7, seven days a week, nonstop, nonstop. Sometimes it's like it's between two and three hours worth of shares, but because the Telegram app also takes notes, so people who can't, depending on the capacity of the cell phone, people cannot share with voice, so they type. So it's a combination of listening, talking, typing. And um, and then on Sunday we already had our our our, our special recording meeting. It, it started at um, seven o'clock our time, Eastern time. It started and it generated from Mexico City and Guadalajara. And because it's an app that takes pictures, they on on Sundays um, they we have gone to the custom of of posting pictures of before and after. So that's different. And and we still get together every once in a while you know, for a big book, like me trying to mimic the, the the conventions that we have in addition for you, but with a lot less budget. Like, I mean, we're talking Latin American money here. 
so we have our budget is zero dollars with zero cents most of the time. We don't have money for airplane tickets. We don't have money for fancy hotels. But it's still happening. Don't ask me how. Um, the second time that we met in Guadalajara, one single visionary um, from this group donated an airplane ticket so that Ruth M, the one that we I, we call her abstinent Ruth M, the entire abstinent Ruth M, she came to Guadalajara with that um, gift of airplane ticket. She came to Guadalajara and I translated simultaneously. And everybody in Guadalajara was like, whoa, this is real. This is not a Hollywood production. And, and people are recovering. So um, Ruth is coming again to Guadalajara in January. Um, and we're hoping that she'll go to Mexico City. Or if anybody, guys, guys, would you like to go to Mexico City? Can you afford your airplane ticket? Are you recovered? Will you come to our countries to share your experience, strength, and hope? I know how to translate simultaneously, like, really well. I'll do that. And, and will you come to us and uh, help us to spread the message? We have no money. I'm just telling you. We have zero money, zero cents. So, so if you come, please come and help us. Anyway, what else do I want to say? Um, it's super exciting. It's just incredible. Um, it's spreading like fire. Um, I just have one, uh, I, won't, I won't call it fear, I, but I, um, I call Melanie all the time. Melanie, Melanie, what am I supposed to do with the growing pains of growing in Spanish? I wish, I don't know, I'm sure that this message is being translated and spread in other um, languages. I wonder how the visionari in Italian are doing it and, and, and the visionaire in French are doing it. And how are we going to stay together again? How are we going to make sure that a vision for you in Spanish, English, German, Japanese, Chinese, Hebrew is just one? How are we going to make sure that we're not swallowed by other literatures and other ways of approaching recovery? Like, I just, do we need a bigger house? Do we need a, a how do we do this? Do we do an intergroup? Like, how, how are we, how do I make sure that all these 773 people that, um, I mean, whatever the number is, I think I said something wrong. Um, and, and growing and growing. I'm looking at my other phone right now. It's not 373 anymore. It's more. Um, how are we going to make sure that all of us live under the same little house, which is a vision for you? I very much hope that something that I have said inspires you to take the hands of a, of a compulsive over ear in need holders invoke the higher power, make that powerful triangle, and walk into step one again. I wish you a very happy, serene, and sober uh, recovery. And I hope to see you um, in Jamaica Plain, in Mexico, in Costa Rica, in Venezuela. And, oh no, Venezuela. I can't forget to say Venezuela. Venezuela. Do you know that in Venezuela, people don't have food? Easy for me to say, oh, just protein and get a scale and, and go to your nutritionist. Yeah, right. Because I'm calling from America, the beautiful, right? No. Things in Venezuela and in post-Puerto Rico after the hurricane are not like that. And people call me and say, how, am I, how, how do I stay abstinent today? Because I'm going, I want to stay abstinent today. But I cannot, 
buy, can't buy eggs or cheese or animal protein. I just have a little bag of beans and some cans of vegetables. And, and, and after the hurricane, Irma, this person that was, you know, in, in survived the hurricane, he had no kitchen, no house, no electricity. And, and he went to a, a Red Cross stop to charge his phone and he called me. How do I stay after? And there's only cans of ravioli, granola bars, and, and potato chips. So I called Melanie. Say, Melanie, what do I do? So thank God, Melanie. She says, Oh, I know. I I, I have the, the experience of Katrina, and you see how Katrina, the experience of Katrina, helps the people of post Hurricane Irma, and 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 we can still be abstinent. People in so when people in Venezuela, that that was a rough day for me. I got that call from Venezuela. I have there's no food. You can't. You, people are walking from Venezuela to Colombia due to the political, you know, distress. Um, how do I stay abstinent here? That same day, I made the mistake of watching the news, and I saw this Mexican kid in the border in a cage crying, and I started having nightmares. That kid turning to a chicken, turning to a calf, turning to a pig, and I started waking up with nightmares. And from that day on, for my life, I cannot eat Anything with two eyes on a mouth, I just can't. I start crying. So I just can't. I don't call myself vegan or vegetarian. I just call myself abstinent according to my spiritual experience. So then again, Melanie C. and other people in design were the lifesavers. How do I tell people to eat in Venezuela? They don't have the food. They don't have scales. They don't have, like, they have nothing. How do they stay abstinent? And, you know, there are other ways. There's always a way. There's always a way, always a way to remain abstinent and, 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 and hopeful and hopeful. The way two months ago, as I said, I changed my, my ingredients, right, my abstinent ingredients. I'm not eating any animal protein right now. And I felt connected to those kids in the cages in the border. Connected not from a place of despair, connected from a place of hope and possibility and optimism. I am so proud to be American. So do, have you noticed that the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is 100% American? One, the gift of America to the world. And I have a double duty because I'm Mexican too. And I'm Jewish, not that you want to know. So I have so much to give. This little brown mouse has something to give to the world. So now I'm done. Thank you so much for listening and come and, and be happy and be abstinent with that offer. Wow. Thank you so much, Marcella. I, I just am envisioning, you know, this blank canvas and you have just painted a jaw-dropping image of hope and possibility. Thank you so much for giving so much of yourself today and, and giving so much of yourself to the still suffering compulsive overeating. The gravity of this is beyond our comprehension and for this we are responsible. We are now going to open up the lines for questions. This is the time for questions and answers for you and um, if you're ready to take those, Marcella, I'd like to open up the lines. Sure, I'm here. Excellent. Thank you so much. Who would like to ask Marcella a question about her presentation today? This is Katie B. from Boston. Lucy. I hear Lucy. Hang on just one second. Lucy, and I hear Ruth H., and I hear Katie G., 
Who else? Anne Marie. Anne Marie. Anne Marie. Hi, Anne Marie. Okay. Jody EQ. Jody EQ. Mm-hmm. Kathy G. Kathy G. That's a great lineup. Thanks so much. So I have Lucy E. Is it Ruth H? Katie G. Anne Marie M. Jody EQ and Kathy G. Good morning, Lucy. Your question for Marcella, please. Okay, thank you so much uh, for your service. I'm Lucy E. And uh, Marcella, gracias por todo. Uh, the question is, you were talking about abstinence, and when you just le- letting us know that abstinence is a spiritual process. And so here's people that I'm here freaking out because of the abundance of food I have or don't have, and here they need to be absent with so little or nothing. Could you speak more to that about this spiritual abstinence? Well, so this uh, person from post-Huracan Iran in Puerto Rico. Hello? Hello? Hello, can you hear me? I hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So... Really, tension never dies. So my sponsee calls me. There's only granola bars, potato chips, and, and, and ravioli. What should I do? Should I fast on water until the other food comes available? Should I die abstinent by starving? <laughs> right? So I call Melanie right. and I say, well, okay, so, so what can you do now? You can't do ingredients. Okay, but you can still be, do schedule and volume. You still can do that. You can do schedule and, and volume, right? Mm-hmm. You can do those two yeah. things. And then when the ingredients are available, then, you know, you'll, you'll stay connected to us and you'll honest to go start incorporating the safe ingredients. Now, my mind says, oh, wow, 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 wow. There, she can have granola bars. Maybe I can call granola bar my spiritual asset. No, no, no. I live in America the beautiful. No. That's not spiritual abstinence to me. Same thing with Venezuela, right? There's like there's only grains. What are you going to do? There's nothing else but grains, and and canned canned um, vegetables with with dextrose and fructose and 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 all that junk. What should you do? Should you die? Walk to Colombia until you get another you know possibility, or should you preserve your life? So, if you are in such a dire situation that you need to preserve your life because there's no other ingredient available, that's, I mean, if and only if, but I'm not in Venezuela and I'm not in Puerto Rico. So they can still keep schedule and amount, right? I am obligated, morally obligated, ethically, spiritually obligated to keep all my ingredients because I'm in America. So I hope that that, Bring that answers your question. Thank you, Lucy. Ruth H., your question, please, for Marcella. Yes, thank you, Melanie. Thanks so much for your service. And Marcella, what a beautiful presentation. Um, my question is this. As your sponsees recover, I'm wondering how much time you can continue to spend with them and what you do. If you read with them, if you take just 10 steps or nightly reviews from them. Because um, what I'm finding, being blessed with some recovered sponsees now, is I know I need to get back in, 
I need to be able to take new sponsees to get back into step one with them. But trying to do, you know, find the time to do all that is, is um, I'm just wondering if I'm not managing that correctly. So thank you. Oh, thank you. That was a wonderful question. And I don't think that there's anything correct or incorrect in this gig, right? We're just like reckoning as we walk. But I just follow what my, my beautiful darling sponsor in a vision for you taught me. Um, she walked with me for like, I want to say six weeks, 15 to 20 minutes every night. And the very first time that I spoke to her, she said, Missy, I'm very busy. I, I expect you to get just as busy as I am. And then, so that made a big impression on me, big impression on me, because it showed that the woman sponsored a lot of people. It showed in her voice that she sponsored, and she was she was not, you know, like an idle, rich person doing nothing. I mean, she had a lot to do as well. So, so, so I took that note and said, she expects me to get really busy. The other thing that made a huge impact on me was the very first time that Leah asked me to speak here. She presented me as a loyal servant, and I said, no way. I'm a lazy, entitled American. No, I'm not, I'm not a devoted servant. But a little bit recovered, sparkling me said, one day I will be. One day I will be a devoted servant. So, so those two, you know, guidelines um, give me the hope, you know, and also the conviction that I'm doing nothing. I mean, I'm just witnessing somebody. Nobody has the the power to anoint somebody recovered. It's you're recovered or you're not, like it says in the wives, right? Either you're recovered or you're not. And if you're not recovered, it's because we're just, you're not recovered, and that's it. That's what it is. I am very moved by the rhythm of Latin American people. People with a week of abstinence, of entire abstinence, are compelled, compelled to welcome the newcomer and study the, the doctor's opinion with them and compelled like urgently compelled to um, help others but um um so yeah so just like it, we're learning in aa if you have two days of a tire abstinence welcome the newcomer and say i have two days i have two days it can be done do it now as for time you know like what are you going to do i call my sponsor like four times a year and she asked me how is your service going that's it that's it. My 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 recovered sponsors, they're so busy helping others that if I want to know about them, I need to make an appointment on their schedule just to ask. Like Pete, I, sometimes I need I miss my Pete. He was mine. Now he is to his sponsors. That's as it should be, as it should be. So I hope that I answer your question. Yes, that was very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Ruth H. We'll go to Anne-Marie M., your question, please. Thank, thank, thank you, Melanie. Thank you for your service. And um, Marcella, oh my gosh, this is Anne-Marie M. I, I was in the basement one time with you at that meeting in Massachusetts. I was visiting Rhode Island, and I just appreciate your service and the hope that you've given today. Um, my question is, you had mentioned that a professor of yours um, or a professor friend um, told you about this, what selfishness meant in 1939, and I'm wondering if you remember what what he said. If you could um, tell us about that, thank you. 
Um, he wasn't, well, I guess he was, a, I love that. He was a professor of mine. He was my sponsee. He was my sponsee. But he, in, in the outside world, he's an English professor. So he took the, the, the explained this book to me like an English professor, right? So he started, he, you know, researched the, how the colloquial usage of selfish was. And, and it was in colloquially in the 1940s, it was used like this. So Bill will tell Bob, oh, I hate this weather. And Dr. Bob will tell Bill, don't be selfish, meaning selfishness as the inability to accept reality. It is, it is the weather. There's nothing you can do. Go grab a coat and a scarf, and there's nothing you can do. So selfishness as inability to accept reality. It has helped me so much. Like when I do my fourth column on my fourth step, and I do it with my sponsees, how am I being selfish? In other words, how am I being unable to accept reality? When I went to, um, I think it was New Jersey, when there were 200 people there, there is one woman whose name I can't remember right now. She researched it even deeper, and, and she wrote an article that I don't know where it's published, but it was incredible how when you're selfish, you are utterly unable to accept that great reality with capital G and capital R, the great reality, which is the will of God. I hope that that helps. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. Jody EQ, your question, please. And then Kathy will come after you. Thank you, Melanie. And so, thank you so much, Marcella. And when I cry, I know my higher power is reaching me. And I was crying a lot, as you shared. Thank you so much. Um, I have a few questions. One is, how do I access the new app? When and where are the conventions in Mexico, Costa Rica, and Venezuela? And about this workshop that you do in Boston every three months, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Thank you. Okay, so um, I'll be more than glad to tell you, invite us to our Spanish-speaking chain. So please call me after the meeting is done. I mean, it's, it's super simple. The app is free. And I, I, I don't do the three-month workshop in Boston anymore, which just, I just got ridiculously busy. Um, but I do it like by, if, if you think that I can help your group or your community, you call me, we schedule it, I do it. So I'm here to help. I mean, I don't have like a fixed schedule. We have, we have dates for, let me see, Costa Rica is happening in three months. Um, Guadalajara is in January, Ruth is coming. You're invited as well if you want to join us. Um, Ciudad de Mexico is uh, in, in, no, Guadalajara is in January, Mexico City is in June. I can't send you the invitation. It's, it's happening. I've been invited okay. to Colombia, Madrid, but um, we're still figuring those ones. Okay. Thank you so much, Marcella. You're such an inspiration. So are you. Thank you, Jody EQ, for your question. Kathy, do your question, and then I'll open up the line for a few others to ask a question after Kathy. Good morning, Melanie. Thanks so much for your continued service. And buenos dias, Marcela. Oh, wow, 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 wow. I could, I'm with Jody. I could just really cry. I could just, you really touched my heart so deeply, and I just want to thank you so much. Um, for the vision that you cast and all that you shared. And uh, based on uh, Jody's question, 
um, I think I'm just going to give you a call because um, my heart is so stirred and, and I too would like to save and plan um, to come on one of the trips with you. So, so I will be calling, but thanks so much and I'll pass. Love you, Marcella. <laughs> Beautiful. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Kathy G. Who else would like to ask a question of Marcella D this morning? Melanie E. Hi, Melanie. And then Coco, one of you. Coco. Coco would like to ask one too. Okay. Anyone else? Coco, what's the first initial of your last name, please? G. Thank you. Okay, Melanie E., would you ask your question first, and then we'll go with Coco? Um, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Marcella. Um, I had, um, I usually don't go to these meetings in, in the mornings, and um, I, I guess I was guided, too, because after what I heard, my question, you know, I have had to be abstinent in uh, countries, um, that didn't understand or, you know, it's it's possible, but I'm interested in asking you if there's, uh, first, I'd, if you would, you'll announce your number again. Uh, second is if these meetings in Massachusetts are still going on, um, because I can definitely relate um, as a disabled person, not being able to get to the grocery store, not having food and, you know, having to be abstinent and being abstinent in the spiritual world and in the physical world. So I would like to know if you have any still contact with meetings in Massachusetts um, and if you will be sharing your phone number again. Thank you. Thank you for your call. And you know what? Thank you because America the Beautiful is abundant but not for everybody. Thank you for saying that. Thank you so much for saying that. And if you're living in America and you're poor and and you only have access to food pantry and you don't know where your next meal is coming, you still can be abstinent. And um, girlfriend, let's 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 organize our meeting. I was meeting. I mean, I'm a wild horse in case you haven't noticed. I say just let's just do it. So let's organize. Let's get together. Call me. We'll find the spot. We'll we'll. You know what? That's what I'm hearing the Jamaica pond. We have a few months of lovely weather. Let's get together on Sunday morning. Let's do a meeting in the open air. The, the, the pond is free for everybody. Let's, let's organize something. Call me and we'll, we'll figure things out. And yeah, of course, I'll give my phone number again. Yes, thank you. And she will give that at the conclusion of the, of the meeting. So thanks so much. Um, Coco, your question, please. Coco G. Press star one, Coco. Perhaps you're double muted. I think that maybe we'll move on. Are there any other questions to be asked of Marcella this morning? Press star one, please.
Hello, can you hear me? Hello, who is this? Hello? Uh, sound H. Hello. Okay. I, I, hello, H. Coco? Oh, hi, Coco. There you are. And, and then yeah. there was somebody behind you. We'll catch you in just a minute. Go ahead, Coco. Okay, sorry about that. Um, hi, uh, this is Coco, and I want to thank the person uh, who suggested I call into this meeting. Thank you very much. Yeah, I have a question about three things in the book that I was wondering if you could elaborate on. One is the term fourth dimension. Uh, one is the term sixth sense. And lastly, what is the definition of a spiritual malady? And uh, lastly, uh, I want to say before you answer, I really appreciate that you have right-sized me because I do live in America and I do take a lot of things for granted. And you have definitely uh, humbled me and now I'm feeling very grateful for everything that I have. So I really appreciate that um, that you helped me to see how um, abundant my life is. So thank you for that. Coco, thank you, Coco. Thank you so much for your questions. Um, that would be probably beyond the presentation this morning. Those would be specific things to teach about the big book. And um, our speaker, since she was prepared to give a different kind of presentation, may not be able to do that for you this morning. But Perhaps after the conclusion of the meeting, you can leave your phone number. We can get some folks to call you. Oh, does she not want to respond to that? I'm not sure. Marcella, do you want It's certainly outside the scope, and it kind of takes us away from what she's doing, but it's, it is up to Marcella. It is a different teaching of the big book. Marcella, are you interested in doing that this morning? Enable? <laughs> Thank you, Millie. Thank you so very much. Okay, let's meet in the equator. I think I'm comfortable talking about the fourth dimension of the spirit. The other ones, yeah, call your sponsor or call somebody else. Fourth dimension of the spirit is like in Bill's story where he says, I soon was going to be catapulted. That's where I always see the midnight and the noon because at the beginning of that paragraph, he says that there is no way to describe the horrible abyss, that morass of self-pity, right? Like that's the midnight. But at the end of a paragraph, he's catapulted in the fourth dimension of the spirit. And that's, you know, step 12, like in, but at noon, right? He's going to be catapulted. Like English is not my first language, but catapulted happens at once. Fourth dimension of the spirit is where we live, right? It's like, it's not like, like just it's, it's being abstinent against all odds. What are the odds? What are the odds that somebody, a hopeless, pathetic, alcoholic, drug addict, compulsive overeater like me, whose, whose language, whose English is not her first language, like I'm like I'm just I'm I'm kind of like I'm 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 very low on the social status of corporate America, right? I I I came to this country 20 years ago. I I used to clean houses for a living. It's just I'm I'm like I'm a Mexican immigrant, right? And yet and yet I live this incredible free life. I always love when Leah says, how free do you want to be? How free do you want to be? Why are you just holding your ingredients or your, you know, your, your drugs so tightly? I feel 100% free. So I guess that everybody has their own definition or description of the fourth dimension. I am, um, every time that I hear the national anthem, because I became American, the hard, deliberate, expensive way, every time when I hear the land of the free and the home of the brave, I, I cry. Land of the free, I am free. The home of the brave, it takes so much courage to be abstinent. To me, that's the fourth dimension of the spirit. 
the spiritual gift of America to the world. And I'm willing to assume 100% of my responsibility as an American person. Thank you. Thank you, Coco. Anyone else want to ask a question of Marcella this morning before we close this session today? This will be my last call, I think. Santa H. Hi, Santa H. Anyone else this morning with a question for Marcella? Pete B. Hi, Pete. Good morning. Good morning. Any other burning desire? Anyone with a question on their mind about her presentation? Well, good morning again to you, Santa. I want to kick us off here for our last questions. Hi. Yes, and good morning to you, Melanie. And Marcella, thank you so much for such inspiring um, presentation. And it is such a wonderful thing to see what you are doing around the world. And for someone who don't know what it's like living outside this country, um, the visual was just amazing, as Melanie said. But my question is that I'm trying to wrap my mind around is how, how do someone whether they're in America or around the world where they don't have access to food readily, how are they defining their abstinence? Are you using, for example, the OA definition of abstinence or each individual defining what abstinence means for them? How are you helping them to, to get a scope around what does that mean to them or do you have a standard definition? Holy cow, no, no way. First of all, don't define your abstinence alone. Don't don't go there alone. Get a sponsor and then figure it out yourself. Um, that is such a, a poignant, provocative question. I live in America and I try to make myself available to everybody. I still haven't met any American person um, that has very limited access to food. So I can't say that I am. I, I'm very busy with people that have very limited access to food in other countries. I don't know. I just don't know. But more will be revealed because because we're aware that we know just a little bit and more will be revealed if we keep our house in order. But thank you for bringing the voice of underprivileged American people who might be hungry, hungry, and unable to keep that, you know, food plan of other people who have the possibility to buy whatever they want in their food plan. Uh, thank you for bringing the voice of underprivileged American-born people who are struggling and wondering, am I abstinent because I don't have access to um, animal protein and fresh vegetables? Thank you so very much. And more will be revealed. We'll struggle together. Thank you. Thank you, Santa, for your question. Pete B., you'll be the last question for today. Good morning to you. Thank you, moderator, for taking the meeting. Thank you, Marcella. My name's Pete B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And my question is, uh, who's your favorite sponsor? No, I'm just kidding. I don't have a question. <laughs> I just want to say how grateful, you know, we are people who normally would not mix is a, is a favorite line of mine. And you have been a inspiration and a gift. And I appreciate everything that you bring to a vision for you, everything that you bring to this world. 
and thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Pete. I, I love you too, Pete. I love you too, Pete. My favorite, my absolutely favorite sponsor is the one who is in desperate need of help, and I know that yours is too. Thank you so much for walking this walk with me. Can't wait to see you again and, and inspire somebody else and keep the circle going. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marcella. You have broadened my view of compassionate reaching out of our hands to another suffering, suffering compulsive overeater. Um, may I be forever changed as a result of that open, open-mindedness that you presented here today. And with that, I would like to give you the share ID number for today, and that is uh, Sunday, July 28, 2018, if you want to re-listen to this very, very compassionate, empathetic review here. That is 11719, 11,719. And again, thank you so much, Marcella, for coming on the line and and, um, giving so much of yourself. And we're going to close then this particular part of our meeting. And as I indicated, she will give her contact information at the conclusion of of this particular reading. But I'd like to read from page 164 in our big book. And um, as I read it, I'm sure I'm going to see a different meaning to it. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.